doing these podcasts um, are just so trippy, beyond trippy. Every single time I sit down and I put this mic uh, in front of my face and get everything all ready, I, uh, I, I just feel this awe and wonder of, okay, Lord, who are you going to bring to these, these episodes? Who are you going to bring to, uh, to, to what, what it is that you want me to share today? And um, as I think about today's episode, I think about what, honestly, I've been praying about this episode for a while now. This whole series that we've been in called Patchwork has kind of been leading up to this moment. Um, and as I was praying and just like spending time in, in, in the in the Bible and just asking God, okay, God, like how um, how do you want me to to end this series and, and what is it that you would like me to talk about? Um, it was actually the very first thing that the Lord put on my heart concerning this series. Um, and the whole idea, if you haven't been following, the whole idea of patchwork is that when you look at a patchwork, when you look at even a quilt, um, it's all these little individual things that kind of help make up a cohesive whole. And a lot of times it's, it's like random colors and random things. And it kind of is all put together in this diverse, um, beautiful uh, thing that makes up something. And, and I was thinking about the idea that every single one of us has a story. You right now, you came to watching this or listening to this and you have a story. That there is, there's things that you have been through that have made you who you are. There's things that you are going through right now that is, that is, is making you who you are as well. And as I was thinking about the idea that each and every one of us has a story, I also was thinking about the fact that each story matters. And so often when we meet somebody, um, we fail to really dive into their story, but instead we, we kind of look at, okay, you know, where are they at today? And the whole idea of color and chaos comes out of this idea that, that the Lord can bring a color out of chaos in our life. That every single day, I know in my life, um, you know, this, this, this whole, I guess you could call it a ministry, was birthed out of a heartbreak. Um, just a heartbreak over my own brokenness, the brokenness of, uh, of those around me. Um, and, and an idea of saying, Lord, you can redeem the brokenness that I feel, that I think, and, and, and the brokenness that's around me in my community and even elsewhere in uh, so many places among this planet, that this whole planet is broken ultimately. And, and so color and chaos came birth out of the idea of Lord. So many times in my life, I run away from what you're doing within me. That the very hard and uncomfortable times, the times where I feel insecure and I feel um, fearful or worryful or doubtful, Lord, so often I try to numb myself in those moments and, say, and, and maybe even try to ignore the questions or the fears or the worries or the doubts or the confusions that I have um, or even the anger or frustration that I have. Um, and, and every single day I, I try to say, okay, no, 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 I don't want to be around the things that make me uncomfortable um, or challenge me, but instead I want to be around the things that, that make me feel good and, and, and bring me pleasure. But in reality, when I look back at my life, and, and you can look back at your life as well, and, and I'm, I'm sure you would see this pattern as well, that it was in the moments of, of chaos, the moments of hurt, that really helped refine us and make us into who we were. Sometimes we take the chaos and we allow that to break us and make us even more broken. But often, I know in my life, the Lord has used the, the chaos in order to, to make me more into his image. And so as I was thinking about this episode, which would be the last episode of this series, Patchwork, it actually brings me back to the very beginning of why this series got started. 
So back in September 1st, um, and right now as I'm recording this is October 2nd, and, and it's going to be released on October 3rd, but as I'm recording this, it's a month after September 1st, but September 1st, for those who are close to me, they know that September 1st is a very important time in my life. It's a very big anniversary and anchor moment in my life. September 1st, 2016, I moved from South Carolina to Michigan. I... I drove up in my Saturn Ion 2004, um, Saturn Ion. I drove up from South Carolina, Michigan. I had no idea um, what the future would hold. I had no idea uh, what the Lord's plans were. I had maybe little little pixels of what that picture looked like, but I, I, I didn't know completely. But all I did know and all that that drove me up here from South Carolina, Michigan, and all I was thinking about that day was, Lord, you know and you love me. And Lord, I cannot escape the, the fact that I feel like you are calling me up here in order to, to, to be your hands, be your feet, be your mouth. And and ultimately, Lord, that 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 I am yours. And if you want to bring me up to Michigan, if you want to bring me into a jungle somewhere, in order for people to to hear about Jesus and and for me to be able to serve them, Lord, I will do whatever it is that you want me to do. And September first, two thousand sixteen, was that day. And as I as I was thinking about opening up, uh, this is going to be one of those episodes. It's not going to be a, a lot of production. Um, I, I didn't want to segue it into uh, music or anything like that, but I honestly just wanted to have a conversation with you. Um, so whether you're watching this on Facebook or on YouTube or you're listening to this on iTunes or Google, I pray that this meets you where you're at. It would be an honor to pray for you. So I, I just want to do that as we open up today's episode. Lord God, just thank you for who you are. Lord, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about your faithfulness. And Lord, at the same time, it breaks my heart to know that there are people who were like me um, before before that, 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 that moment in June 2011, Lord, that they were like me, Lord, and they, they maybe heard about you and they thought about you, but, but you were not real, Lord. You weren't, you weren't someone that, that I ever, ever thought that I could have a relationship with. And Lord, right now, my heart literally is, is, is just heavy over the people right now that are watching or listening to this or that will watch this or will listen to this, that, that do not know that they can have a relationship with their creator and that they were created with a purpose. And Lord, will you use me, use me through this episode to be able to, to share a bigger picture, a bigger story than my story, God, but to be able to, to share of, of moments in my life concerning this move from South Carolina to Michigan, where you have just met me every step of the way. And the moments where I felt like I, I wouldn't be able to, to, to make the next step, Lord, you help me make next steps. And Lord, ultimately, you have a plan and purpose for every single one of us. And and my desire, Lord, is through this, Lord, that every single person that listens or watches this will know what, what it is that is their next step that they need to take with you. But we need you, Jesus, and we thank you for everything that you've done and everything that you are. In your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. And starting this, I was thinking about how to, how to open up. Um, anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge journaler. So literally right now I have just journals just spread out across this desk right now um, that I wanted to bring you within this whole question of, okay, why Michigan? Why? What was it that led you from South Carolina, Michigan? And, and for some reason, I can't I, escape the desire to start, uh, start talking through um, this, this story 
a, a story that's in, in progress even right now as I speak in October. I wanted to open up with the moment that I, um, I locked my apartment in South Carolina, in Columbia, South Carolina, for the very last time. And I left the keys within that apartment. And I was transitioning from South Carolina to Michigan. And within a period of two months, I would be up here in Michigan. And and what the Lord did or what the Lord allowed is when I started to realize, okay, Lord, I need I need to start getting ready because I know that you you want me up in Michigan and I can't escape this this desire. I, I said, okay, I got to get rid of my apartment. I got to get rid of the things in my apartment and I got to start transitioning from South Carolina to Michigan. I don't know what that's going to look like, but Lord, I want to be obedient and I want to go where, you, where you're calling me to go. And during this time, I left uh, my apartment and I, uh, I, I, I got rid of the lease and everything, put the keys in the apartment, an empty apartment. And I wanted to read with you the, the thing that I wrote right after going to a friend's house um, that I lived with for about a month and a half before moving straight up to Michigan in, uh, in 2016. So I wanted to read this. And this was July 26, 2016. And the name of this, uh, I guess, entry, you would say, is called Move Out. And I wrote this. Close this season. Father, what happened when I closed that door and left my keys in that room was more significant than I can comprehend right now as I write this at Jacob's house at 3.08 a.m. on 7.27.16. It's all done. Wow, the apartment is absolutely empty and I can't believe that. All the time I spent worrying, yet as I write this, I literally stand on the other side of that worry. When I was talk when when I was taking my pillow out of the car, for a moment, for some strange reason, I felt very lonely. Like I was away from home or something. God, I am floored that one trip up to Michigan and boom, an empty apartment. That time I came back after that first trip up there and I saw the apartment that was organized and stocked. Now I think about it and half of my food was tossed or given and all of my stuff is in scattered bags in my car. Father, we really cannot hold onto anything. The things that I hold onto, they get lost, stolen, or thrown away. But you never lose us, Daddy. I never would have thought that I would be living here with Jacob again. Wow, I really cannot plan or guess what you are doing or where you would take me. Your plan is truly so, so much higher. Help me be quick to surrender, trust, obey, and slower to question, doubt, or run. Jesus, I am yours in every step. And I remember this. As I wrote this, I was sitting at my buddy Jacob's um, house, and he was actually somebody I lived with um, earlier, um, years before, uh, when when I was engaged and I was preparing for marriage, and ultimately that that didn't that didn't work out. But as I was as I was engaged and living with Jacob, um, I never thought I would live with anybody ever again. You know, I was engaged. I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know, yeah, I got this apartment and and I'm gonna move into this apartment with with my soon to be wife. And uh, yeah, this this is something that I'll, I'll I'll cherish and hold on to. You know, the fact that I I, I had to live with somebody else, but you know, okay, that, that's never going to happen again. And I remember as I was sitting here at Jacob's house again, after 
everything I just shared with you after the uh, after the breakup of the the relationship and engagement, and after um, you know moving out of the apartment that that was my home in Columbia, South Carolina, and after after obeying, saying, "Okay, Lord, I'm going to go to Michigan," and and already having plans to to move up there September first, two thousand sixteen. I remember as I was sitting there at Jacobs. Um, my, my, my buddy Jacob's kitchen table, they, um, he was already asleep and everything and, and he left the door unlocked or he left the key for me. And I remember sitting there at his table and just absolutely in awe and shock of the fact that I was sitting here at this table once again and all the plans I had for my life almost was thrown out of the, the window and now I'm staring into the unknown and that is scary. And as I shared with you in that in that passage, I remember as I was taking um, you know some of the stuff out of my car to move into Jacob's house for that month and a half as I prepared um, to uh, to 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 quit my job and to move up to Michigan and and uh, say goodbye to friends and family. I remember as I was taking out my pillow, having this moment, and and I, I could see it now. I was sitting there in the street. It was a dark street. Jacob's house was to my left. I had the same Saturn Ion that I drove up here to Michigan in, but I had it right there, and I was grabbing my pillow out of my car, and I just felt this overwhelmingness of just loneliness and just feeling as if, you know that moment when, you, when you're away from home and you start to get a little homesick? And that's what I was feeling. But I remember at that moment when I felt that homesick, it wasn't because I left my apartment. That wasn't really the homesick I was feeling. It wasn't that I was leaving South Carolina. But it was almost like I was longing to be in the presence of the Lord, longing to be um, longing to be away from, from from earth and all this stuff, all this all this constant change and all this unknown, but to be in the presence of the Lord and be the fully known by him and to fully know him. And it was, it was one of those surreal moments where it hit me. This is not my home. This, this world, this planet is not my home. But, but every single place that I go, Lord, you are preparing me for home. You are preparing me to be in the presence of you. And that was a moment I'll never forget. And I wanted to share that first just to be able to, to start there. It's kind of like a movie. you know. It starts kind of in the future, but then it brings you back to the past. And so that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to start with, okay, how did this whole Michigan thing ever even start? Um, you know, Jonah, share, share with me, like, you know, why Michigan and, 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 you know, you know, why are you here in Michigan now? And so I've, I've shared this a lot. I, I've, I've actually shared this previously in this podcast. I think it was in the, uh, the works in progress series, um, that I shared this story. Um, but the whole Michigan actually started, uh, it was sophomore year. It was, uh, it was going into, I think it was going into, junior no it was going into no it wasn't going into sophomore year man i'm having a brain fart right now it was somewhere around sophomore year of college uh sophomore um maybe junior year of college but literally how it all started i was working at a chick-fil-a and down south there's a restaurant called chick-fil-a and it's a chicken restaurant um but it's uh it's uh it's a very uh very tasty restaurant but uh but anyway i was working at chick-fil-a and um we just opened up a brand new store in uh kind of west columbia area and so um i moved from a west columbia store to a brand new store that got opened and that was that was a store that just got opened and you, you know how it is when when there's a new restaurant that opens or a new business that opens 
and it's a and it's a chain restaurant or a chain business or a franchise. There's always the people from management that come in and do the 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 photo op and the press, uh, you know, do the newspaper cover of you know, hey, this is that new restaurant that opened up. Here's a picture of the founder with with the the work staff of this new restaurant or the new store, and so that's what was going on. So I remember. Um, I remember I worked in the front counter, so I was the person who took the orders and um, and and communicated with the customers throughout their experience uh, as they were there um, eating at the restaurant. And I remember I was working in the front counter, and uh, a lot of the people that were in the corporate office of Chick Fil A that that helped franchises get opened, they were in there and they were just observing, you know, the workers observing, you know, kind of how uh, how the first day was going and and everything in the first week. And so I couldn't remember exactly if it was the first day of opening that store or the first week, but it was around the time of that. And I remember there's a man that pulled me aside, and to this day, I don't remember his name. Um, I feel like maybe I can recognize his face, um, but uh, but I remember there was a man that pulled me aside, and he was just giving me a compliment um, on you know what he observed and 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 how I was uh, how I was performing. And uh, of course, you know, it's always an honor when that happens, when somebody notices uh, you, um, you, you have an excellence in something that you're doing. So I was, you know, yay, you know, thank you, thank you, you know, thank you for the compliment. But he quickly cut to something else and, and he kind of just looked at me and he started to get a little more quieter as if he was trying just to talk to me, uh, kind of more of a personal conversation. He said, hey, are, are, are you from Michigan? And to this day, being completely honest with you, this conversation is one of the weirdest conversations I've ever had in my life. And anybody who knows me knows that I can be awkward. I can say some off off the wall stuff. Um, but even through all of my awkwardness or awkward situations I've been in or conversations I've had with other people, I've never had a conversation this awkward. And and, and it started with that question, hey, are, are you from Michigan? And that in itself wasn't really awkward, um, but it was what followed that was really awkward and, 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 and strange. So I remember he, him looking at me. He pulled me aside. He said, hey, are you from Michigan? And I, I looked back at him. I said, you know, uh, no, sir. You know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not from Michigan. I'm from South Carolina, born and raised here. Um, uh, you know, my mom and dad are here and, and everything. And I go to college um, about 30 minutes down the street. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not from Michigan. Is there somebody maybe you're thinking about? And and he's like, no, no, no. no. I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you're from Michigan. And so he just continues to say, no, no. no I'm pretty sure you're from Michigan. And again, you know, I, I I try. You know, just trying to be as as just you know apparent as possible, saying, you know, sir, I am sorry. Like, no, I am not from Michigan. And I'm kind of laughing to kind of get the the nervousness kind of out and the awkwardness to kind of subdue it a little bit. But but I just try to tell him, I'm like, sir, I'm sorry, I'm not from Michigan. And and then he says again, no, I'm pretty sure you're from Michigan. And so, long story short, this goes on for like five minutes. It's 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 drawn out, and I and I'm pretty sure it was like a literal five minutes. Even though in awkward or awkward situations like that, it feels like it could be longer, but it's going on for a long, long, long time. And so, as he's saying this, I, I'm, I'm I'm kind of praying in the back of my head, and I'm saying, okay, Lord, you know. All right, sometimes you speak through really weird situations and really weird um, conversations. And I start to pray and I start to ask God, God, will you please give me the right questions to ask this man? That maybe I'm not hearing this guy right. Like, Lord, please, please just help me in this conversation. 
And so I remember that vividly. And I'm so glad that um, that that I, that I was prompted to pray that because, like, as I as I talk to the guy, I, I start to ask him questions, and so I start to ask the guy. I say, "Hey, you know, um, I'm not from Michigan, but uh, is there something about Michigan that I need to know about? You know, is there something that 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 you want to tell me about Michigan?" And as I start asking him these questions, the conversation kind of shit kind of shifts. And except for him insisting I was from Michigan, he starts to say, uh, well, I, you should probably pray about that. I, I want you to pray about that. And that made no sense to me. And even in the moment, I was like, what the heck? This is the weirdest conversation in the world. Because at first he was saying, you are from Michigan. And then right after I say, hey, is there something about Michigan I need to know? He says, whoa, whoa, whoa no, hey, you should pray about it. So that was the weirdest conversation. And after he said that, um, I, I just kind of, you know, shook my head. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Okay, I'll do that. You know, not really knowing what he meant or what that, what that looked like. And, um, and so I walked away from that, that situation. I remember in the back of my head, immediately after walking away from the man, I was just thinking, well, that was, that was kind of weird. And then right after that, I was thinking, Michigan, why Michigan? Like, why did he think I was from Michigan? And so, Every single, pretty much every single day from that moment on, there was something about Michigan that the Lord brought to, to, to my attention, something that he brought in my day. And at that time, I was engaged uh, I was engaged to a woman named Michaela, and we worked at the store together. It just happened to be that way. Um, but, the, but the man actually did the exact same thing to her. He pulled her aside and did the exact same spiel. And I had no idea that, that he shared that with her until like a week later. And we were talking one day and I was sharing with her this awkward conversation I had with a random Chick-fil-A guy. And she was like, oh my goodness, this happened to me as well. And from that day on, we started praying about, okay, well, all right, Lord, like there was something so weird about that conversation. We can't shake it. And, and I know in my, in my mind, in my heart at that time, I was trying to kind of shake it because I was like, you know, okay, that, that guy might have maybe was trying to say something. I just didn't hear him right or something. But, but I couldn't shake it. And so every single day, there was something about Michigan that would come up. I remember um, uh, me, me and Michaela, we were sitting at, a, at, a, at a, uh, one of our friends that were married. We were sitting at their house, and we were just kind of talking about the, uh, the upcoming marriage and, and, and praying with them, getting advice and counsel from them. Um, concerning, you know, um, you know, just just where we're at as a couple and where they're at as a, as a married couple, and and just just something, uh, just kind of catching up with friends. And I remember um, th- that was the very first time I ever started to think more seriously about Michigan. And as we were talking, um, and we started talking about, you know, kind of like dreams and 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 things that we um, we were thinking about, you know, concerning, you know, the the first years of marriage and. And um, at that moment, I remember getting a call, and it was a Michigan number. It was a Michigan area code, and um, it wasn't a number I had saved or anything. And I picked it up, and um, it was right at the time that 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 me and Michaela were talking to this couple, uh, one of our close friends, about you know, hey, there's this weird thing that happened about Michigan and and everything. So I get this call, I go outside, and I pick it up, and it's it's a woman that I work with there at Chick Fil A. And she's calling. She's saying, "Hey, uh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry to call you so late, but I was wondering if you can um, cover my shift tomorrow." And I remember as I picked up and I saw the Michigan Michigan area code, I was just so dumbfounded that it was Michigan. And so I'm talking with her, and um, and I ask her, I was like, "Hey, um, just out of curiosity, um, are you from Michigan?" 
She's like, yeah, I am. I am. She starts telling me a little bit about Michigan, which is really weird because I didn't really ask anything about Michigan. I was just kind of asking, you know, are you from Michigan? But but she was just telling me about Michigan. And I get off the phone and I go back inside and, and I kind of share, you know, like, hey, I just got a Michigan number that called me. And, you know, of course, we laugh it off. And we're like, oh, OK, that was a coincidence. I remember one time specifically, I remember um, going to church and uh, me and Michaela were, were going to this uh, church. At this time, I wasn't on staff at a church. Um as I was down there in Columbia, I was always on staff at a church. But during this this um, uh, couple months, I wasn't on staff at a, at a church at that time. And so we were visiting this church with that couple that we just met with, you know, days before. And it was like a mission Sunday. So what that means is that um, the, the, the service was focused around... Um, the fact that as believers, we are called to go and to and 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 to do whatever it is that the Lord calls us, wherever He calls us to go, and whatever He calls us to do. And when we know Jesus, that that is that is that is a that is something that is so amazing. The fact that we know our Creator and we know that He has forgiven us of our sins, but the fact that we are also called to go out and to share that good news with others. And uh, no matter if that takes us to to a desert, or no matter if that takes us to a jungle, or if that takes us across the street, or that takes us into our workplace. So it's kind of a reminder of, of what it means to be a missionary and the fact that we as believers, we are all missionaries. If we know Jesus, we've surrendered to Jesus, then we are we are a missionary. We we live life on mission. And so at the end of the service, he, he gave a invitation. And down south, they do a lot of invitations, a lot of altar calls. So they kind of open up the front of the stage, say, hey, look, you come down and just pray. And uh, if there's something you're kind of wrestling with, to kind of bring it before the Lord. And um, so he gave this invitation. Hey, um, if you want to pray about, you know, where the Lord is, uh, you know, uh, desiring for you to go or, or what he's putting on your heart to do concerning um, concerning your life here's the here's the uh altar you know i'm gonna play some music and you know it's, it's open to you this is a very big church um so a lot of people go down and i i didn't feel like the lord was putting on my heart to go down there if there was something that i needed to pray about so i just stood there i i, I stayed there at, at my seat but then michaela nudges me and she says hey I, i'm kind of you know feeling like i need to go down you know can you excuse me i'm like yeah sure so so i move out of the way she goes down so she's down at the altar and she's you know praying and everything i'm praying for her as i'm sitting in my seat i'm just like all right lord you, you know just uh speak to her you know make things clear um you know make things clear to me if there's something i need to i need to uh that you're trying to put on my heart and and everything and so um, all of a sudden, you know, the music stops after like many minutes and, and, and the, uh, the pastor is kind of giving some announcements. But the, the interesting thing I noticed is that Michaela is still down there by the altar. She's still down there praying. And she's just kind of hunched over and she's just, you know, I couldn't see her face or anything, but I, I could tell that she's praying. And so after the pastor gets done with the announcements, everybody gets up to leave, Right. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking, I still see Michaela over there on the altar. And so at this moment, I'm like, okay, Lord, you're, you're doing something within her heart, you know? Okay. All right. And I start praying for her more. I'm like, all right, Lord, you know, just please be with her. Please speak to her, you know, make things clear and everything. And, and, and time is going on five minutes pass, and, and everything. So eventually I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. Like, you know, people are like gone at this moment. Like, Lord, what are you doing? So I can't remember if I went down there or if she came back, but uh, but when I when I was finally with her again, I just saw tear stains on on just rolling down her face, and tears were still in her eyes, and she was kind of quivering, and and she was saying, "Hey, you know, Jonah, like, 
as I was down there and I was praying, okay, God, you know, make it clear what it is that, that, um, that, that you want us to do or where you want us to go. I, I, at that moment, she said she like audibly heard it, but she's like, I audibly heard as if it was like an audible voice that said Michigan. And she's like, uh, she's like, I, I, I don't know what to do with this. Like, like I'm terrified. And, um, and, 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 and I, I always thought it was always really crazy that the Lord spoke very clearly to Michaela about Michigan at that time, because it was usually like, you know, with me that I was very like faith driven. I was like, oh, okay, let's go do this and, and do this. You know, maybe the Lord's calling us to do this or maybe calling us to do that. And Michaela was always the one that was a little more uh, logic driven in a good way. She kind of helped ground me a little bit um, and say, hey, you know, let's think about this a little bit more. But at this moment, she was like, yo, like I just now like encountered the Lord and he made it clear there's something about Michigan. And so I remember, um, I remember walking away from that and I was like, okay. And in my heart, I was just like, okay, Lord, all right, I'm going to start taking this more seriously now. You know, I'm going to, you know, Lord start, start to speak to me as well. And I remember as we were driving back to her house, she was living with her parents at that time. We were driving back to her house and, um, and I was just going to spend some time there with her and eat lunch with her and her family, um, before going back at that time I was still in college. And so when I go to her house, um, I remember we turned on the TV, and the very first thing we saw on the TV was a commercial for for Michigan. And it was a, a Michigan, if you don't know, has a motto. It's called Pure Michigan. And so that's kind of like the uh, the uh, what they kind of uh, – the slogan for Michigan, Pure Michigan, because we have a lot of pure, um, pure Great Lakes that surround Michigan. Um, all the Great Lakes surround uh, surround Michigan, and they're they're pure water. So it's called Pure Michigan. So I I, I hear Tim Allen. He was the one who did the uh, the voiceover for this commercial. His voice comes on. This is the very first time that I ever ever in my life saw a Michigan commercial that I can remember. And and Pure Michigan shows up on the TV, and and me and her kind of look at each other. We're just laughing. We're saying, you know, this is crazy. And um, I remember that day right after that commercial, I started to remember what happened at uh, at church earlier. And, um, and I go into, uh, uh, her living room and there was a computer there and I started just going on. I'm just searching for Michigan. Cause I'm like, you know, what is it about Michigan? You know, like, I don't know anything about this state. And I remember as I was searching, um, you know, around this time in 2016, um, there was a lot going on with Michigan with, uh, Detroit, um, with the, uh, with the financial kind of collapse, uh, the recession that uh, the United States was going through, it hit Detroit really bad because Detroit was a big um, automotive, um, had a lot of automotive industry. And so that was a big employment for, for so many people. But once, once the recession hit, it, it, of course, caused a lot of layoffs and a lot of, people's, a lot of people weren't buying cars and, and all that would come with that. So it, D- Detroit was struggling financially really bad. And there was also some um, some some uh, corruption in politics um, and everything that that unfortunately happens a lot in big cities. So I knew a little bit about Detroit, but I remember um, one of the first places that Google took me to when I was searching like um, uh, Michigan missions. Um, I, I found a place called Dearborn, which was nearby uh, nearby Detroit, and it had a very uh, high Islamic population. And I couldn't remember the statistics, but it was very, very high. 
And so that was something I, I saw and I was like, whoa, that is crazy. And I, and it, it was it, out of, out of many, many places in the United States is one of the highest concentration of, um, of Islam in the United States. And so that's something I saw. So anyway, I walk away from that every single day for, for the next, it was about two years, two and a half years. There's something about Michigan. So at this point, every job that I would get, there would always be in the back of my head, okay, at any moment, the Lord can make it even more abundantly clear about Michigan. And so I remember going into job interviews and telling them literally, hey, there's a big possibility that I might move to Michigan. Like, you know, I'm a follower of Christ. And I've, you know, if he calls me to go there, like, I, I know I need to be obedient. Of course, I'm going to let you know ahead of time. Um, but, you know, there's a big possibility. And so Michigan became less of just this random, awkward conversation that I had at a Chick-fil-A with some random guy that I'll never meet in, in my life again. But it started to become something that it was kind of in the back of my head, the back of my heart, that something I was like, all right, Lord, you do what you want to do with this. Lord, make it clear. Move my steps appropriately as you make it clear. And so every single year he would do that. I remember, um, you know, being late to work and cars pulling out in front of me that, that, that caused me to be late to work. But I was stuck, you know, behind these cars. I remember um, many times being stuck behind cars and it was a Michigan license plate. And I would always laugh every single time something about Michigan would come up. Me or Michaela, we would just laugh. We'd be like, all right, Lord, you know, all right. It, but kind of became a joke within our relationship. Also, at the same time, it was also one of the uh, one of the things within our relationship that started to cause a little bit of tension within her family and within within us and what we were trying to say. All right, Lord, you know, like we feel like you're calling us to this, but you know, we're very scared, we're very afraid, like we don't know what this is gonna, um, you know, mean. And for a new potential marriage. You know, when you're engaged, that's the last thing you want on your plate is to think about possibly uprooting from your support, your family, your friends, and moving to somewhere that you know nobody. I didn't know anybody in Michigan. I didn't have any connections at all. Um, and and at that at that time specifically, there wasn't any of my family members living in any of the areas around Michigan. And so it's something that caused a little bit of tension between me and Michaela and between me and her parents. I, and I completely understand it. I completely understand. Her her parents were very, um, very cautioned of, uh, okay, you know, okay, yeah, my daughter's about to get married to this guy, and this guy has a heart for missions, but, you know, what does that mean for my daughter, you know? Like, you know, will we see our daughter much? You know, she's moving 12 hours away, potentially, and it caused a lot of uh, division between uh, me and Michaela and between me and her family and everything. So, so this Michigan thing is starting to get a little bit of a hot mess. It's not something that's cute and cuddly anymore it's not just this you know oh cool you know yeah that's a cool thing you know have an adventure you know move 12 hours away it starts to become a reality of like look we can be here for the rest of our life we don't know but we want to be obedient lord and so fast forward a couple years also now it's it's um 2015 and things between me and Michaela are starting to get a little bit more rocky. She's starting to feel a little more hesitant with marriage. She's starting to feel a little bit more um, um, just, uh, okay, you know, I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit. Where in my mind, I was thinking, okay, like, no, we're like, we're engaged. Like, you know, like, like I've already, I've already moved into to our future apartment and everything. Like we've already made steps. Like why is there kind of a cold feet now? And all along I'm praying, I'm saying, God, make things clear. God, I don't know what's going on, you know? 
I have no idea about Michigan. I have no idea about me and Michaela. I have no idea about any of that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about to graduate college, but even that, what, what do I do after college? You know, like, yeah, I'm working all these many jobs to save money for marriage, and I'm trying to 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 prove to her parents not only that do I love their daughter, but that that I'll be a, I'll be a provider for them. All along, I'm I'm speaking all this missionary talk of like, oh crap, like I feel like the Lord's calling us to the unknown, and you know your daughter, you know, is a part of that ride, and it's just all this weird stuff. So in 2016, at the very beginning of 2016, we f- we finally say, okay, look, something something's off between us. Um, let's take let's take a couple months and pray about it and say, all right, Lord, you know, where do you want us to go? And you know, what 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 is it that you want us to do as a couple, and and everything. And so, so it didn't really take long within those 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 many months that you know honestly with 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 my heart towards Michaela I loved her with everything um that I when I looked at her I saw my other half I I saw I saw you know my future wife um you know I saw my best my best friend and and everything and so so there's no hesitation in my mind that I would do whatever it took to make this work but also at the same time the Lord started giving me more of of clarity of saying look Jonah like I want you to surrender this to me. I want you to trust me with this. I, I want you to. I, I want you to stop trying to take control and manipulate things to go the way that you think it should go or the way that you want it to go. But right now, just completely take your hands off of it and trust me with it. And so uh, that's that's what I did. We took many months apart and um, we didn't really talk much, um, and we just gave it up to the Lord. And so by the time of April 2016, I knew pretty clear that yeah things were things were ending there's something uh whether the lord takes us apart for for a season for a time whatever it is but lord i know that you're doing something within her heart within my heart and um, the best thing to do is to be uh, obedient to you and allow you to 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 put us together to to or whatever but lord you need to be you need to be completely the one that 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 makes us take those next steps together or apart and so we broke up in april um, and, uh, and also, and this leaves me when it comes to Michigan, just completely at a loss for words. I had no idea why, um, why or what this whole Michigan thing meant. So at this point, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it through school. I'm graduating at the very end of April, just had this breakup. Um, you know, the last thing really on my mind at that point was Michigan. Um, right now I was in survival mode. I, uh, I, I had, I had to, uh, graduate, um, Greek, the class of Greek to graduate college. And this class was kicking my butt. So I, I had this guy named Samuel. He's one of my best friends, one of my good friends. And he was tutoring me along in this process. And, and literally it was through Samuel that I even graduated my time at Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, but, uh, but so I was worried about that and everything. So, so long story short, the day of graduation haps, happens and I made it, I made it out of Greek class. Like I passed like by like four or five points of, of like failing. Like it was that, that just like, I barely made it out of Greek and I'm praising the Lord. Cause I, I know the Lord knows the effort that I gave and I know he knows how difficult it was for me. And all of a sudden, I remember being at graduation, getting my diploma. You know, it's an awesome time, right? You know, graduation, you only graduate college once unless you, you know, go get your master's or doctorate. And so, so here I am, I graduated with a four-year degree. I'm with my friends, family, um, you know, taking pictures. And all along in the back of my head, I'm thinking, you know, God, like, I have no idea what's next. 
uh, you know, I have no idea what's going on with, uh, with my heart, with my emotions, with my relationships, and, you know, I have no idea. And so how, when things started kind of growing, um, it happened kind of a couple of weeks later, graduate college at this point, um, I'm working at one job, um, years before I was working many, many, many jobs, but I kind of just singled it down to one job, um, that I was working at at this point. And so I was working at Best Buy. I was working at, um, I was working in the, uh, um, it's called Geek Squad. It's like the computer, um, repair, um, computer repair section of Best Buy where people bring in their uh, technology that isn't working and, and we uh, attempt to fix it and, and everything. So I was working there and my manager one day came in and he's like, hey guys, um, I overstaffed for the week and we're, we're going to go over budget if, if every single one of you work as normal during this week and I need one of you to take the week off. And he's apologizing. He's saying, look, this is not something I want to do. You know, you're not going to get paid, paid for this week because we were paid hourly. Um, and he's like, I just need somebody to take the take the week off. And so, like, of course, you know, in those conversations, if you get paid hourly, nobody wants to take that time off. And so everybody's like, you know, almost like, you know, that game you play when you're a kid and you put your your your, your finger on your nose and the last person to put their finger on their nose is the one that's it, right? And so that was me, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't say no right off the bat. And so everybody's like, nope, nope, can't, no, no, no. And all of a sudden it's left to me and, and my manager, Barry, he's looking at me, he's like, Jonah, please, will you take, will you take this week off? You know, help, this will help me out a lot. And so I'm like, you know, I'm thinking in the back of my head, okay, well, I, you know, I just graduated college and everything. Um, you know, yeah, sure. I'll take, I'll take time off. So I have this week off and I think it was leading up to that week off. Um, I, I went home, I lived two hours away. So I went back home and I was spending time with my mom one day and I just took my little brother to high school or at this, yeah, at this time, no, he was still in middle school. So I took him to middle school um, and dropped him off and I went back home and I was spending some time with my mom and she was talking to me and I was, I was sharing with her, Hey, yeah, mom, like this next week, I got the whole week off. Like, you know, um, and I explained to her what happened, everything. I'm like, you know, I, I don't really know what to do with this week and I'll never forget it. Like she was over by the window. She's just like, Hey, like, well, like this whole Michigan thing, you know, that you've been thinking and praying about, why don't you just take a road trip up to Michigan? And, you know, I, I don't know if I try to like, yeah, nah, mom, yeah, I'm not going to do that, you know, um, or, or what, but, but I remember just kind of thinking about it and, and taking a moment and saying, well, yeah, yeah, you know, why not? You know, like I got this week off. And so I, I was thinking, okay, well, you know, should I drive up there by myself, you know? And I was like, ah, I probably don't, don't want to do that. And, and, and the thing that anybody close to me knows I'm huge about relationships, like friendships and, 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 and relationships are huge. And I'm a very firm believer that there is no burnt bridges in the kingdom of God. So there's not, there, there's sometimes friendships need to kind of go, go their separate ways for a while. And, 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 and because, you know, there's some tension or disagreement that needs to be worked out. I completely understand that, but relationships are huge to me. So I had this buddy named Tyler, and I still have this buddy named Tyler, one, one of my best friends, a very close friend. He's like a brother to me. But I remember, I, I don't know if I called or texted him, but he he knew for years, you know, this whole Michigan thing. Um, and he knew everything that was going on in my life, and, and we, we were hanging out a lot during this time especially. And um, I call him, I said, hey, um, would you be willing to come up to with me? I, I think I'm going to take this week off. 
and go visit up to Michigan just to see if this is where you, where the Lord's calling me to go. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, that'll be awesome. Uh, you know, let's do that. So we agree to split the cost of it and everything, and, and I'll drive up there, and uh, and he'll help out with some of the gas. Um, but ultimately, you know, he's just coming along for the ride. You know, he's getting a pretty much like a free trip, um, a free road trip right after graduating college. We just graduated together, and we're going up to this brand-new state 12 hours away, uh, north United States. And um, so... We get up to we get up to Michigan the very first night. Um, it was like three, four, five o'clock, and it was right outside of the uh, the college um, area of Ann Arbor. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a uh, pull a Michigan move right here. Michigan looks like a mitten, right? So so Detroit's kind of like around here. Um, on this side is Lake Michigan, and so you got like the sand dunes. But right around here is a place called Ann Arbor. That's where the University of Michigan is. And so it's kind of in the middle state, if, if, if you're listening to it on podcast, kind of in the middle of your palm, that's kind of a little lower, is where Ann Arbor is. And so I remember we were in Ann Arbor, it's about four o'clock in the morning, and um, and like we did not want to get a hotel just to sleep two hours, because um, checkout's usually at nine. And so we had all our camping gear in the car. Our plan was that we would just camp at at campgrounds to kind of save some money for one um but just to kind of you know not have to deal with the whole the whole hotel thing so we're driving and we uh we get to this one campground and they have this sign that says um you know uh uh, you know check in to the campground is at like i don't know like it was like 11 p uh, 11 11 p.m and by this time it's like almost about to be like six o'clock in the morning so i was really worried we're going to get towed or going to get a ticket so we're, we were just like, okay, let's keep driving. Maybe we'll find somewhere that we can maybe pitch a tent or something. And so we passed this one church. It was in a place called Brighton, Michigan. So it was a little bit uh, north, I believe, of Ann Arbor. And so we passed this church. It says a sign that says, all are welcome. And I'm not really thinking anything of it. But then Tyler turns to me. He's like, hey, Jonah, that's where we're sleeping, man. And I was like, man, come on. You know, like you're, you're kidding. He's like, no, man, let's do it. And so, like, we were so dead tired. So we pull into this church, and right behind the church, um, that was where we spent. My, I spent my very first time ever in Michigan. Uh, I uh, that that I slept. It was it was sleeping right behind the church in Brighton, Michigan, um, for a couple hours until the the dumpster car came to to pick up the trash and woke me up. Um, but 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 the whole the whole trip up there, it was so surreal to me. I'll never forget crossing across the state border that you know has a sign, you know, welcome to Michigan. And I remember just sobbing because like I just felt this overwhelming peace of okay, like this is home, like this is this is this is where I need to be. And uh, and so the whole trip, if you're watching a video, I'll kind of like diagram it for you. You know, we, we kind of start to go um, west. We go up to the sand dunes. So there's a part around Lake Michigan, very beautiful place with with a huge sand dunes. So we went there to visit. We spent the night up in Traverse City. Um, and so we, we got a hotel that night. We were like, we were going to thug it out again. We slept behind the church. It got two hours of sleep and now we're going to get, get a good night's sleep at a hotel. But as I was there in Traverse city, I wanted to read with you or read to you this entry that I wrote. And this was the moment where I knew without a shadow of a doubt that, all right, Lord, like this is where you want us to be. You, you are, you, yeah, Lord, you are calling me to Michigan. 
whether or not Michaela's with me or not, Lord, I know I need to be obedient to you and I cannot escape this, God. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how you're going to do this, but Lord, I know this is where I need to be. And as I was sitting out there in the park, I was just, honestly, to, to be real with you, I was, I was a broken mess. Even though I felt so much peace about Michigan, I was terrified. I was terrified. Everything literally looked like the most beautiful stuff I've ever seen in my life. I, even the trees. I was looking at the trees and I was like, dude, I could so cry. Like these trees look awesome. And like, I didn't understand it at the time, but I really feel like when the Lord calls you somewhere that, that he really does give you a, give you a peace with it, that there's a peace that transcends all understanding, all logic. And, and he also gives you a joy and a love for where it is that he's calling you to go. And, and so as I'm sitting there in Traverse City, which if you're watching it, it's almost like if you hold up your hand, um, where your pinky connects with the next finger, um, in that little crevice is kind of where Traverse City is. And so that's where I'm at, at, at when I write this. But I remember Tyler was like dead tired because he didn't get a good night's sleep just like I didn't. And so he's sleeping in the car. We're at this park. It's right by the bay um, up there in Traverse City. Very beautiful, clear water um, right there by the, by the body of water that was around at that park. So Tyler's in the car. He's sleeping. And I walk out and, and I try to daily spend time in, in the Bible and, and just, just just speak with the Lord and allow the Lord to speak to me through the words. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm writing down this journal and this is May 24th, 2016. And as I was looking out there at the water, I see my reflection, but the wind was so windy that day that it was blowing the water and what my reflection of uh, was of it. And I could hardly see myself through the, uh, through the water. And so as I'm looking at the water, this, this, I wouldn't call it a poem or something, but it was, it was just kind of saying, just kind of popped up in my head and, and I wrote it down. But this is what I thought at that moment when I was standing up there, Traverse City finally was able to make it up to Michigan after like three years of praying about this. And I'm looking at my reflection there by the bay up in Traverse City. I write this, or I think about this, where your wind rages and my reflection fades. That's where I find you. Where your wind rages and my reflection fades, that's where I find you. See, at this moment, I was so, I was so beside myself. I was so surrendered. I'm up here in a place I'd never been before, that I never thought I would be before, that I've been praying about for a long time, and now I'm standing up here with nobody by my side, no, no wife to call my own, no, um, no, no somebody to come up with me, but this is, this is literally it. And, but as I'm there though, I still feel this peace. Cause I'm like, Lord, you are with me. And I'm thinking about that, that the thing where your wind rages and my reflection fades. And I was thinking about Lord, the moment where I, I, I stopped to think about me. I'm stopped. I, I stopped thinking about Lord, how am I going to do this? You know, what is this going to look like? How am I going to leave my friends and family? You know, what does this mean for, you know, Michaela and, and my little brother back home and all this stuff. When I stop thinking about all that stuff and I, I just focus on you and I say, okay, Lord, what do you want for me? When I do that and, and I allow whatever the wind, the chaos in my life that's going around, I say, okay, so be it. So be it. Let it just keep raging. Whatever's going on. And I say, okay, when my reflection fades, when I, when I, when I abandon myself and my desires and my logic and my thoughts and my dreams and my aspirations and all that stuff, when I, when I throw that out the window and all I'm thinking about is, is you, that's where I find you. 
And I was thinking about this moment. The Lord kind of spoke to me and said, look, you find me when you stop trying to trying to focus on you finding me, but realize that that I will be there. I will always be there. I will always be there. I will always meet you. I will always meet you. I am faithful. I am faithful. I am faithful. Trust me. Lean into me. Allow, allow me to show you things that, that will blow your mind if you allow me to. And then and I sit down at the park after thinking that, and I write this. I write this. Father, the state of my heart is in chaos. My attention has been divided, and I am living right now, but I have not been eating on your word. Pride is knocking and distraction is abiding, and our time is starting to lack. Here I am, Daddy, here in Michigan trying to hear your voice. It is beautiful, absolutely beautiful, and no part of me deserves any part of this. As I write this, I sit at a lake front park bench with the Bible open, yet not turned to anything as the peaceful yet present wind turns the pages that blows on me. This trip has been crazy. From Ohio to Ann Arbor to the Sleeping Dunes to Traverse City to sleeping under the stars behind a random church, Father, you are here, present no matter how cloudy I am. Father, please open my heart to hear you and be less concerned with my image or Michaela or others when my heart and attention must be first and foremost on you. Break my heart and open up an opportunity to hear you and to spend quality time with you right now. Thank you for Tyler that was able to come with me and everything that you're doing and the people in my life right now. Please help me be focused on hearing you, Dad. I am nothing without you. And I, and I write a, a verse from Mark 4, verse 18 to 20, and I wrote this. And this is what I was reading as I was sitting out there by the bench. Jesus tells this to the people. Among thorns, those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter and choke the word that falls upon the ground where the thorns lie and it proves to be unfruitful but those that were though the seeds that were on the good soil are the ones where the word falls upon and the ones that accept it and bear fruit that goes far beyond anything that was there before and i wrote this father do whatever you must do for your word to fall on good soil and for it to be obeyed and I wrote down this as well. Jonah, remember, never forget growing up on the sand dunes and following closely the footsteps made from the leader that provided. And so I remember from that moment, that was the moment where I finally said, all right, <laughs> after that, after writing that, I I remember just kind of crying. And uh, I do this weird thing in my journals. If I ever cry while I'm writing or, or tears fall, I always circle where the tears fall on. And I'm looking at this page right now, and there's just circles all around, circles all around. And from that moment on, um, I knew, okay, Lord, you were calling me to Michigan. And so going back home uh, to, to South Carolina, I get back to my apartment and I say, all right, this is it. You know, I, I need to start taking the steps to, to move out, out, of, uh, out of this apartment. And I remember I, uh, I got connected with somebody up in Michigan. I, I just Googled, um, you know, where the needs are at in Michigan. I found this missionary agency called the North American Mission Board. 
and they connected me with somebody and that person said, hey, I want you to come back up here um, uh, the next month and I want to meet you. I want to, I, I want to meet you. And I, I think, I think there's some things that you can do up here. And so, um, as I wrote this, this is right after going up here to Michigan and I met with somebody named Kevin and he said, basically, Hey, I want you to move up here September 1st. You can live with me and my family and, uh, we can start just going to work and, uh, and just serving the area. Also, while I was up here in Michigan, also met, uh, my current pastor, um, and, and one of my very close friends and basically someone who feels like a brother to me. Um, but I, I, I met, I met Scott and I, I just met so many people, um, up here during that second trip. So after the second trip, I come back home and this is June 25th, 2016. And of course this is after the whole first trip up and I knew the Lord was calling me up here is after going back to my apartment saying, okay, I need to move out. And uh, I come back and I write this, um, down as I get back to my, uh, apartment. Um, is the day right after I got back to my apartment for the second time. So I write down this quote. It was from a uh, from an author and one of the uh, former presidents of my university. Um, his name was Robertson McQuilkin. And he wrote this in one of the books I was reading at the time. He wrote this. A gardener, in order to have a good crop, must not only love flowers, he must also hate weeds. To win the victory over temptation, it is not sufficient to love the right. We must hate the wrong. And at this time, specifically, as I was writing this, I was starting to feel tempted to kind of ignore everything that I felt like the Lord was putting on my heart concerning Michigan. Because I looked at my apartment and it was just so comfortable. Like, this is my home. Like, I have my friends that, that live all over the city and I have all these, all these connections. I have an awesome job where I'm, where I'm, I'm, where I'm earning income that's able to pay off bills. And, and there's, there's not really any needs that there's no reason for me to move to Michigan. It's not like I'm gaining anything um, when it comes to um, things or, or, um, or, or, or relationships or anything. At this point, you know, me moving to Michigan, I'm moving into the unknown. I have no idea what's going to come besides some of the relationships that I just made up there. And and as I'm as I'm writing, uh, sitting down there, I write this. I write this down in the journal. I wrote this. I made it back around 11 p.m. yesterday, and goodness, I don't know what to think. Coming back to a cozy apartment, it puts me so much in limbo. As I sat there on the couch, I looked around and had memory after memory come back to me. I could tell a story behind every small detail of this apartment. As I was sitting there, and I'm sitting here now, it truly feels like I am living in two different worlds. Hearing Jacob say, welcome back, through text, as soon as I come back yesterday, truly was bittersweet. I really have been beyond blessed with an incredible friend after incredible friend after incredible friend here in South Carolina. Yet the same father who brought me all that I can call home, I now is filling me, feeling calling me away. Walking by faith truly is easier said than done. Abraham. So I start to think right now about Abraham in the Bible and I and I start to just as I'm as I'm writing and reflecting, it's almost like I'm talking talking to him, but I say, Abraham, how did you do it so easy? Because Abraham, if, if you don't know, Abraham in the Bible, the Lord called him uh, from his home to go where the Lord wanted him to go. And um, ultimately, the Lord blessed him along the process. But, but Abraham, once the Lord said, hey, I want you to leave, Abraham left. 
And when I say, Abraham, how did you do this so easy? I'm starting to think, goodness gracious, I'm starting to relate more with Abraham. Like, goodness gracious, dude, like how in the heck did you just pick up everything and go? Because right now, this is this is hard. And I say this, the hard part is when you finally make a house a home and you make friends family, only to remember that the Lord designed us as followers of Christ to, at his call, uproot so that the seeds of his word will spread among all soil. There's a lot to pray about. My life has never been this conflicted, from the heartbreak over the loss of Michaela to the solidifying of, of Jacob, T- Taylor, Braden, Wesley, Rossi, and even Barry, all these people that will be grieving at my absence, and all these people that I call friends and family. Even from leaving a place where I finally feel home here at 7445 Monticello Road, And starting over in a foreign land away from all I know and from having all the stability and comfort that I know to be to be stretched and tested. Lord, you are taking your hands and molding something beyond my emotions, logic, dreams and and plans beyond myself. Please be glorified in this breaking and conflicting heart of mine right now. Help me not neglect where you have me for right now as you prepare me for what possibly is to come. Heal the broken places. Solidify your calming graces. Thank you for every season. Thank you for everything. And I wrote down Romans 6, 8. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. And I say this, I am in Christ. Sin is also in me, but I am not defined by my sin. I am defined by who delivers me. Jesus, please use me. I am yours. Jesus, please use me. I am yours. You know, sitting here now in Michigan after sharing all of that is just so surreal to me because literally there is not a day that goes by. Seriously, every single day that goes by, every single day when I meet somebody, when I, when I go through something, when I, when I go to a new place, whatever it is, like it is so surreal because I would have missed all of this if it wasn't for the Lord. If it wasn't for the Lord, if it was for that, if it wasn't for obedience, if it wasn't for 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 saying, "All right, Lord, even though this makes no sense, I'm going to step out today," and and as I'm thinking about that, there there's no difference in my story and your story that the Lord is calling you. He's calling you to a next step. He's calling you to 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 do something that he that he desires for you to 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 see him and to trust him in. And sometimes it's the unknown times in our life that 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 is hardest to trust him are the moments that we would miss so much when Jesus said I have come to give you life and life abundantly that abundant life we would miss if we had things our way if we had things according to our plans and our desire I am so so grateful that we have a father who knows what is best for us and even through the hardships and the pains and the heartbreaks and 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 when other people hurt us or wrong us or even when we make mistakes and we wrong ourselves or we wrong the Lord that he makes a way when there is no way and I look at every single day up here in Michigan for these last two years he has made a way when there was no way 
that I've been able to live with, with people that I never even knew existed years ago. I never knew that, 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 the, that the church I'm at now and, and, and the group of believers that, 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 that I do life with up here and, and, the, and, and the people who don't know Jesus, even in this own apartment complex, this apartment complex, there's so many people I meet every single day that I get to be, have interactions with and do life with and laugh with and talk with and share Christ with and, and all that that I never, ever, ever, ever would have met them if I had things my way. His plans are so far greater than anything we can ask or imagine. And, and that is something that brings me peace and comfort. So with this whole series of patchwork, every single thing in the series was leading up to that. That, that one statement, that the Lord takes all these little things and he wastes nothing. He wastes nothing. Every single thing in your life right now, he is going to use and he has a plan and purpose for that goes far beyond anything you can ask or imagine. And I am so excited for what the Lord has and what he will do in you. Right now, the Lord has me in Michigan. I am completely willing for the Lord to do whatever he wants to do for however long he wants to do with me here in Michigan. And likewise, he has a plan and purpose for you. And he is so faithful. I promise you he is faithful. No matter what you're going through, no matter what chaos, no matter no matter what joy, what happiness you're going through right now, I promise you that he will never leave. He'll never forsake you. That 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 he is the yesterday, today, and forever. He's the alpha and the omega. He 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 is the I am. He is I am. He is the resurrection. He's the life. He he is truth. He is satisfaction. He is love. Everything that we are looking for can be found in him. And and that's my invitation right now to you is will you trust him? Will you walk with him? Will, is there something in your life right now that you need to surrender? Is there something in your life right now that you're saying, you know what, I, to, to be honest with you, Jonah, and to be honest with you, Lord, I know that I've been holding back certain parts of my life from surrendering them to you. What does that look like in your life today? In my life, it looked like many things, but one of the things was Michigan. And I am so glad. I am so glad. I am so glad. I am so glad that I stepped out in obedience through his strength, through his through His leading. He gave me the courage. He gave me the ability. And, and it's something that I prayed for, of course, but it's something that he, I, there's nothing I could take credit for. Nothing I could take credit for. Nothing I could take credit for. Nothing. Everything good in me is from him and him alone. And I will say that till the day I die. And I'm excited to see what the Lord's going to do in my life. I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see, you know, what down the road, you know, what plans does the Lord have? What, what other Michigans are out there? You know, what is it? All I know is that I want to be faithful to him for the rest of my life, however it's short or however long that is. And I want to invite you in that process as well. And I want to ask you, will you be willing to pray with me? Pray a dangerous prayer of saying, Lord, take all these things I've been through, all the patchwork that has made me who I am. And Lord, I want you to take away the things that are not of you and the things that I have clung on to and that I have made part of my identity that is apart from you. Lord, ultimately, I want to be who you've made me to be. I want my identity to be centered and founded around you. And, and if you want to pray that prayer, I, I want to pray with you.
And if you've already prayed that prayer and you're saying, no, like, I, 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 yes, Jesus, I want more of you. Pray with me as well. We are literally in this together. And no matter where you're at, no matter what your story is, all of our stories have one thing in common. That's the fact that we have a creator, savior, sustainer that loves us and is faithful to renew us day by day by day. And, and it comes down to that. Will we allow him? Will we allow him? Will we allow him? And my prayer is that you allow him today and that I allow him day by day by day. I pray that this podcast, this series, every single thing that comes out of my mouth and every, everything that's written in my journals, like all this is those moments where I'm weak and those moments where I, where, where I, I, I start to doubt Lord. And I start to ask, Lord, are you with me? Are you with me in this situation? Are you with me in that situation? God, I, I feel all this chaos that I look back and see the truth. And the truth is, is that Lord, your word stands forever. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Will you pray with me? Will you pray with me? Let's just end this in a time of prayer and reflection. Lord God, thank you for who you are. Lord, right now we are coming to you realizing that we are broken. God, we are broken apart from you. Lord, on our own, Lord, we are just lost. We are lost, God. We are lost. We are lost. We're just like that little ripple in the lake that 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 the wind just blows the reflection. We don't know who we are apart from you. And God, we so often try to reach for all these things to try to tell us who we are. But God, ultimately, right here in this moment, Lord, we want to be who you have created us to be. We want to. We want to. We want to go where you call us to go. We want to surrender to you every single thing in our life, knowing that every single thing in our life comes from you. Anything that's good, noble, trustworthy, and pure, Lord, comes from you. And we know that, Lord. And you have a plan and purpose for us that you created me. And you have a plan and purpose for me. And Lord, will you please work in my life, Lord? Please take away anything that is preventing me from experiencing and knowing you. Jesus, break my heart for what breaks yours. God, please help me know you in a real way. Jesus, help my heart. Just, just, just when when I read the Bible, Lord, to 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 not just read these words, but Lord, to to know that you are speaking to me through them. Lord, will you please become real in my life? Will you please for, forgive me for my sins, Lord? As we know that you have on the cross, you took away all of our sins, all that rebellion. All of that selfishness, Lord, you took the punishment that I deserve. You took the punishment that we deserve in order for us to not no longer be defined by my sin, by our brokenness, but to be defined by you. So, Lord, in this moment, we want to surrender our lives to you. No matter what you're calling us to do, no matter what you're calling us to be, ultimately, that starts, that starts with a foundation that says, Jesus, please use me. I am yours. I am yours. I'm nobody else's, but I am yours. Jesus, will you please forgive me of my sins? God, please help my identity be found in you and you alone. Jesus, please help me know that when I surrender to you, that you are faithful to, to give me your spirit to help me live the life that you've called me to live. Lord, will you please put people around me that can help me grow in my walk and relationship with you? God, please help me love the things that you love and hate the things that you hate. Please help me be defined by love for, for others and, 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 my, and my family, my, my spouse, if, there, if there's a spouse, Lord, if, my kids, my, my community, my workplace. Lord, please help me be your hands, your feet. Lord, please draw me close to you. We need you, Jesus. Will you please use us, Lord? We are yours. In your name we pray and we surrender and we ask all things in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Amen, dude. Ah, oh, oh, man, I'm so excited. I am so excited for what the Lord has planned for you. This, this whole podcast, all of this has nothing to do with me, and it has everything to do with a faithful Savior, Creator, and Sustainer that has a plan for you, and he has a story that he is writing in you, and he has a desire for you to go, no matter, no matter how uncomfortable it gets, no matter how, how you know, crazy the, the, the chaos that's all around us. That, that blows away that reflection that we see. No matter what's going on in your life, the Lord has a plan and he wants to show himself, he wants to show himself through anything and everything in your life. I am so excited for you and we literally are in this together.